welcome. I said welcome to the Animal Control Report with your hosts. Ashley Bishop. And Daniel Ettinger. I was going to say my middle name there, but um, nah, not doing that. That's for you to guess. I don't know. I just felt like uh, that was going to happen. Like, where the heck did that come from? I don't know, but uh, how are you? Like, your room is spinning. It feels like it's a disco in there. Oh, that's my ceiling fan. Is it hot? Eh, this room gets a little warm if I don't have that on. Wisconsin, in the summer, it's like 90 degrees and 90% humidity. It's only 71 right now. That's not bad. Well, welcome to the program. Please check out our Facebook page. No, that's not what I'm talking about. But that too, the Animal Control Report. More importantly, we're part of the Keep It Humane podcast network. So make sure you check that out at keepithumane.com forward slash podcast network. That way, that way, that way, that way, that you can find... <laughs> Similar related animal control or animal, just welfare type podcast. There's some really good ones on there. So go ahead, check that out. Please subscribe, like, share, rate, do all that good stuff because uh, that's important. It helps us get views. It does help us get views. And, it, you know, it's just important. We know you're listening. So and we got some really good feedback. We uh, we 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 have some good stuff today. We're, we're doing this. I was going to say solo, but we're... It's duo a solo? No, it's a duet. <laughs> yeah. It's Instead a of a trio? Yeah, it's a duet. So you're the baritone and I'm the... Uh... That's only because I got allergies today. She's out there saying she has allergies. You know what it really is. I'm hungover. What? No. Okay. We're from Wisconsin. We don't get hangovers. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> well... <laughs> what's been your favorite thing? You know, we really haven't had a chance to sit down and just chat about the podcast. Like you and I, we're just go, 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 go every week. Something new, something fun. You've been on the show now three, three years. years. Three years. That's a it actually, time. it just popped up in my uh, Facebook that my first time being on the show was three years ago, like today or yesterday. So what? That's no way. That's yeah. crazy. I don't know what I just said there, but that's amazing. <laughs> Most people don't know what you say. <laughs> that's how you've stuck around for three years. So what's kind of been your favorite thing? Like you've been on this show and we talk about a lot of shit. We really do. We talk about good, more so bad though. I, I feel like we, we touch on a lot of the negative stuff that surrounds this profession a lot. And so today we wanted to flip it up, switch it up, flip the script, whatever that word just is. Stop. Oh, what, what, you know what I'm trying to say. So. Um, so my question to you is like, since you've been on the show, what's been your favorite stuff? Like, do you have any memories that stick out? Um, well, of course there's, uh, motherfucking Carol Baskin. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that one was, when I'm telling people about the show, I tell them about how we're kind of a mini hour-ish try to be training ish types podcast, but that we actually got to talk to Carol Baskin <laughs> because she was, yeah, she was really cool to have on. And that was like, probably for you, that was my Dr. Ian Dunbar episode. I think like, no, cause Ian Dunbar was amazing as yeah. well. Um, I, I say Carol Baskin just because 
if there's somebody in the United States that doesn't know who Carol Baskin is, I'm very surprised. Um, but no, Ed, Ian Dunbar, um, Dr. Melinda Merck. Yeah, that's a great like, one too. Absolutely great one. She wrote a good portion of my vet tech books, oh, wow. you know? Yeah. Um, so what, what about moments? Like you're, I know you're talking about episodes, which are cool. Episodes are cool. And if you haven't checked those out, please go back. I mean, they're there. They are yeah. there. Spell that for me. They're there. <laughs> they are there. Um, but what's been like a, have you had fun time? Like what's, what's a feel good moment from the show? I'm putting you on the spot. Cause we really oh, haven't talked you about are. That. I'm not good on the spot. Like, well, this. now you're going to have to just do that. Uh, this is why I don't do improv. Um, a good feel moment, good, feel good moment. <laughs> she just pulled it. She just pulled me. I did. Hey, you know what? It's bedtime here. So, um, I, it, it's been, and I can't pick one in particular. And I know I say it all the time, but just connecting with some of those other ACOs that we've had on the show, you know, the, the ones that think that they're nobody's out there just doing the grind mm. and, and having those connections to be like, yeah, I know what you're going through. I get it. Um, that's for me. It really is. The what re- about you? The relatability, like to yeah. be able to say that you're not alone in this. Well, I'll be honest, and I'm not just saying this to say this. Every time we have the Humane Educators of Texas on our show, uh, <laughs> Tabitha, Kelly, <laughs> for whatever reason, <laughs> for whatever yeah, my- reason, and I, they are just fun. Like we have good, fun times. And so- the, those are fun times. I mean, and we've had so many of our friends too on the show. Like I, I can't thank them enough for, for being part of it, but it, it's just, it's just fun to like hear those stories. I think for me, it's, it's the, the, the feel good moments are when we get these random messages from people that just say, Hey, like, thank you for what you're doing or I'm yeah. an avid listener. So I just want to pause as they say on, what it is that's a that's a show on instagram it is what it is pause i just want to pause really quick and thank all the listeners that have been part of this show because really without you we wouldn't be doing this right if we didn't think that this was reaching people uh there's no we're not just doing it to talk like i know bishop likes to talk to hear her own voice shut up (laughs) (laughs) but in all fairness like we do this because you listen and we want to continue to grow, right? So doing this video wise now, I'm just coming up with some new ideas. We have some things in the works uh, where we have uh, a segment coming up soon brought to you by uh, an individual. I'm not going to, I'm just not going to name their name because it's funner that way. That's not a word. Funner. Oh, good. Yeah. Grief. It's more I'm going to start Dan. I'm going to start a dictionary and it's going to be called Dan's words. That would be fun. Because you come up with your own words all the time. <laughs> I'm Shakespearean that way. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Well, one moment for me that uh, 
just in this profession that stands out of like, I want to tell this story because I don't know if I've ever told it on our podcast, but when, when I've on, when I'm interviewed other places and I'm asked like, Hey, why, how did you get into this industry? I always share this story. And I think it's important for our listeners to kind of know where I come from. Right. in the aspect of like, how the hell did I get into this industry? And we'd love to hear how you got in this industry too. So if you feel like sharing, uh, please hit us up. You know, you could shoot us an email at, uh, the, at Daniel at keep it humane dot com both of our phone numbers are listed in the show notes so you can text or call either one of us uh, and we're, we're happy to like just be there for you absolutely so circa back to 2009 it was a somewhat overcast day i recall my lunch was undercooked and i was just feeling frustrated i remember having a mound of paperwork at my desk and just couldn't get away and I said, I'm just done. I'm going to go get a puppy. And I was like, all right, cool. Because <laughs> that's normal. That's what people do. So I, I'm going to get a puppy. So I got into my uh, probably 1996 Volkswagen Jetta. Could have been a Jeep Wrangler at the time, too. I, I don't recall. And I drove to the local municipal animal shelter. And I just remember going into this pound, if you will. It was very warehouse-like, chip paint, smelled like feces. All you heard was barking. It was very uninviting. And I remember walking through that said shelter and thinking to myself, I just want a dog because I'm bored. Like, <laughs> what else would I do? Well, are you like, sure it wasn't 2020? <laughs> <laughs> fair. No, this is 20, 2009. Could even be 2008, too. Somewhere in there. That era. And I just remember... Really, because I had a dog. His name was Dirt Dog. May you rest in peace. That's him up there in the corner. If you're not watching this, you can go to YouTube and see it there. That's Dirt Dog. And I was like, Dirt Dog needs a, a buddy. He's at home. Like He could just use a puppy. And I'm bored, so let's go do that. So I remember walking into the shelter, and it was just very... I don't want to say... It was uninviting... But I don't think the staff was necessarily uninviting. I don't I don't recall anybody like clearly like jumping out and be like, hey, thanks for coming to the shelter. We love you. Please adopt. Here's a Starbucks gift card. Whatever. <laughs> so I go back into kennels and I walk around and sure enough, there's no puppy. And so I was probably on that impulse for a couple of weeks and it just never happened. But I realized when I was there that you could volunteer. I was like, this sounds kind of cool. So you're telling me on my lunch breaks, like I can come down here for 45 minutes. Cause it was literally like five, six minute drive. Come down here, spend 45 minutes, a couple days a week and just help. I was like, this is great. I'm working in this dumb job and no disrespect, no disrespect. If you work in a cubicle and you're stuck in the office all day and that's your life, that's your life. That just wasn't my life. That wasn't what I do. And it was, it was a struggle. You know, I was, I was struggling with it. And so this was that outlet. I saw like over here the, uh, the the rays of sun that it was it was about to happen. I just didn't know it was happening yet. So I go and volunteer and I meet some really good people. The volunteer coordinator was amazing, Lisa Sanchez. She was she was just so welcoming, so nice and like though the pro the program was I think fairly new in general, volunteers at a municipal shelter in 2009 isn't where it is today, right? Uh, volunteering and fostering is kind of like trendy, if you will. And so, you know, I get in and do some normal volunteer 
work and stuff. And I just remember them telling us about an event. This event was coming up around, uh, what's the thing where you buy cards for your spouse and flowers and like maybe a gift. Valentine's Day. That's the one. Yeah. (laughs) That one. Yeah. So it was coming up around there and they wanted to do this event at the shelter called meet your match. And it was really themed around Valentine's day. It was really themed to be like, okay, we're meeting our match. But the theme was to like have your dog. Like I, like I was trying to do to find my dog, a puppy. It was kind of like to find your, your animal, uh, a buddy. Right. And lo and behold, uh, I remember working this event as a volunteer and it was just, it was chaos, Bishop. It was loud. It was that dark dog pound, right? There was just so much going on, et cetera, et cetera. And I just remember kind of getting tapped and this woman, a little, you know, elderly-ish. I don't know what elderly is anymore. I think 65 is like the new 45. So I'm just speaking from experience, you know. I was going to say, you're elderly. <laughs> and in that aspect, she taps me on the shoulder and she's like, hey, can we see that Cocker Spaniel? And I was like, sure. She's like, and that's what I said. I was like, yeah, we can go right here to one of the meet and greet rooms. But the meet and greet rooms, if you've ever been into that dog pound, it's just really loud and kind of obnoxious and such. And so she was like, is there any way we could meet outside of this area? Because my husband recently had a stroke and he's still recovering, but he's here. She's like, he's just out there in the hall. I was like, say less. (laughs) So I picked up the Cocker Spaniel and carried her to the guy. I'll just never forget this moment, Bishop. Like, this is that moment where I was like, I have to do something in this profession. So I'm walking the dog out. And remember, I'm kind of like a green volunteer. And I'm not one of the crazy volunteers in the aspects of being crazy. I'm just a volunteer that just is crazy (laughs) on the side. That's different. And I'll just never forget this elderly man is starting to bawl, like crying and shaking. Like he clearly had a stroke recently. So he was still like shaking. You could tell there was some of that going on and he's crying. And I'm asking the lady, his wife, and I'm like, ma'am, is he okay? And she says, yeah, he's okay. He, uh, we lost the dog. Like that looked a lot like her. And and I think it brings back, you know, those memories. I was like, bingo. I was like, that's a wrap. You're taking this dog and I'm taking this profession. Right. So like we both won in that moment. But I didn't know. I didn't know right away. So I did I did volunteering, but I was still stuck in this cubicle job, uh, putting commercials in a computer program to make sure that they ran appropriately on television. Who doesn't love that job? That's, that's called commercial traffic. So uh, unbeknownst to me, like I'm just kind of going along and just doing my thing. And a family friend, actually check out the website. It's Fruit Tree Planning Foundation. So F T F wait, fruit tree planting foundation, F T P F.org. That's what it is. F T P F.org. Check it out. They do a lot of great uh, fruit tree plantings across the the world. They go everywhere, uh, especially people that don't have uh, access to to fresh fruit in their communities, etc. So anyway, a family friend of mine known this guy for, going on like 37 years, maybe somewhere in there. Um, You know, he's everybody in the family loves him. He's just great dude. He and I were, we were talking one day and I was telling him like that I wasn't happy in my cubicle job. I was volunteering at the animal shelter and a wolf sanctuary. I wish I had as much of an impactful story at the wolf sanctuary. 
uh, the only thing that I really, I mean, they were amazing creatures, but I remember the energy of the guy more than anything. He was like, if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down. So like <laughs> <laughs> that, that hippie dude that ran a wolf sanctuary. Um, good dude, man. Frank Widelin or something like that. I think his name is or was. He might still be alive. Um, so I was doing both. And I was like, I just want to work with animals. Well, uh, the family friend, Jim, his name's Jim. Uh, surprisingly enough, because he is a Jim. He, don't laugh. That was that was all honesty. He was like, dude, why don't you just be animal control? He was like, I've worked with enough of them. Like, he's been all over in the world and has just done stuff. Like, he's worked with animal control and his endeavors through life. And he was like, trust me. He was like, you would be great at this job. And he wasn't like trying to like blow me up or however you would say that. But I think his experience is there. You know, the dog catcher is not <laughs> some genius from Disney, right? Like Disney created the dog catcher off of their own experiences and maybe some exaggeration. So he's like, just give that a shot. So I started doing ride alongs. I'm a shout out people. Aaron McSpadden. He was the sergeant, one of the sergeants at the Denver Municipal Animal Shelter at the time. Uh, probably one of the most welcoming persons I've ever met in life. Uh, Aaron's never had a bad day, even if he has a bad day. I, I can't speak more highly of a guy like him. Uh, just a wonderful human that wants to see the best out of everyone. He saw my passion. He, he knew that I wanted to do something. And so he allowed me to come do ride-alongs frequently, probably more frequently than anyone and just imagine now as like a seasoned officer when that person is all like, hey, I'm ready. I want to go do a ride along. And you're that officer that's been doing the job for 25 years. And you're like, fuck, I got to have this dude in my truck for eight hours. Absolutely Tone it not. down, dude. Tone it down. So anyway, Aaron allowed me to come and, and was just extremely supportive. And to this day, we're still friends and um, I appreciate him. But I, I probably did a good two handfuls of ride alongs during that time and Eventually got hired on uh, up north Colorado in uh, Larimer, Larimer County Humane or Larimer Humane that does like Fort Collins and uh, Loveland in that area, if you're familiar. But that was like a seasonal right tickets in the park type of job. And I was up there until my first daughter was born, Audra, and then came down to Adams County where I met Ken Stupak. Great guy as well. Uh, he was my supervisor for a few months. Uh, and then I. I moved on because that was a, another like temporary uh, job where you only worked for like one year, you know, 364 days. You never heard of those? Uh -uh. Like they do uh, limited positions. They're, they're called limited positions. So they only like do to see if they need the help. And if they don't need the help, you just, you don't have a job. And you, oh, also you don't have health benefits. So. Oh, fantastic. So I eventually got to like, you know, work for um, a few different agencies, but like, that impact moment to go back to that of that couple getting an, an older dog out of the shelter, a dog that reminded them of a dog that they had. It just melted my heart, like to know that we, we can have such a positive impact on people. And, and I don't want us to lose sight of that. And I think sometimes we do with the burnout. And so that's why we wanted to kind of go down that route today. Yeah, that's, I I feel like some of my more Dan, you're doing a Dan. I am. I'm doing a Dan. Um, I had 
such a weird start to, I know I've talked about how I got into animal control and Mm -hmm. that, that really crazy case that I had, but recently, um, how I even got into the animal welfare was somebody taking a chance on me. Um, I was 13 when, when I started my, uh, city actually had a volunteer group and I was, as kids, we would get together and we do various activities, but then the coordinator of that also, I was doing extra work for her and I would come in and I was just doing filing of papers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I probably did that for about a year before she said, and she would always bring her dog, Pumbaa. Pumbaa? What kind of dog? Pumbaa Pumba was a mutt. Um, maybe Rottweiler, cattle dog, something mix. Um, and I, she always liked to pick Pumbaa's nose. So she would just sit with her finger in the dog's nose. What the? Okay. <laughs> um, but of course, every time I went in, I wasn't allowed to have pets at home. Um, so I would always go in and I would see Pumbaa. And, you know, that, that was my first. I got to go see Pumbaa first before I could go do my work. Sure. <clears throat> and about a year into doing the filing and stuff, Lisa said to me, she's like, listen, you're young and I want you to experience other things. So I'm going to help you move on to a different volunteer opportunity. Mm. And I said, okay. And we kind of talked about it and she's like, well, what do you think about volunteering at the Humane Society? And I said, well, that'd be pretty cool if, you know, everybody's agreeable to it. Um, for the most part, you couldn't volunteer under the age of 14 unless, and you still had to have an adult with you then. And it wasn't until 16 when you didn't have to have an adult. Okay. And Lisa went to the executive director at the time and said, listen, you know, I think Ashley would be a benefit to you. And... Judy, Judy took a chance. I didn't have to have my mom there. I was allowed to come in and work after school. Um, I was doing paperwork. I was getting ready, animals ready that were going to be adopted out later that day, things like that. Mm. Um, And that was actually my true start into the animal welfare was the executive director taking a chance on me. And I mean, it was a huge liability because I didn't have the other supervision and things like that. But between the ages of 13 and 16, I put in over 2000 volunteer hours. Wow. So do you think our last episode we had, we talked about kind of transitioning on from this profession. Do you think you'll ever not do it or do a job not involving animals? That's a hard one. So I did trans when I left the uh, humane society, I went into the private sector. I, um, I started out at a nursing home. 
I was like, oh, I've taken care of animals. I can take care of people. I won't have to deal with getting covered in poop and bitten. <laughs> and eight months later, I left because I'm like, I'm still getting covered in poop and bitten. Um, and then from there, I did security work. I was a security guard through my college years. I'm not fucking with you. Uh, yeah, no, probably don't. <laughs> But I, Bishop right here. <laughs> I, I hated it. I hated every moment of not being with the animals in some way. And I know we've talked recently about, you know, where I'm at, whether I'm feeling some burnout and stuff. And I think that's part of the hard part for me because having been away from the animals, I know I hated it. Hmm. So leaving the animals doesn't really seem like an option either. Hmm. It's hard to look past our current, right? It is. A lot of people that, that are able to do that, I, I think that that's an amazing skill. Uh, I think humans tend to be in a pattern of comfort. Yeah. I was in that pattern of uncomfort that brought me to this comfort. And boy, oh boy, when I tell you, I have made uncomfortable things happen. <laughs> that Not is an understatement. And I apologize to my coworkers in the past. I apologize to my bosses in the past. And I believe that you've all been a major part in my growth and development because without those mistakes, I wouldn't be able to make the positive impacts that I do today. And I'm not saying I'm the shit because I'm not like I, I have so much more to learn and so much more to just help with. Uh, I want to maintain an approach that is uh, humble, but humble with confidence. Uh, and I think that's important. And I don't want that to be misconstrued. Discomfort can push you to those next limits or push you beyond your limits. Uh, discomfort or fear has a way of motivating. And so whatever situation you're in now, whether the conversations you and I have offline or whether you're someone listening to the show and you're like, you know what, this is just, I mean, I've reached burnout. Uh, this is hard. I'm just going through the motions. But let's talk, come on the show or call us offline and we can have those conversations. I think, I think it's normal to feel the way that we feel. Um, but we have to be able to have people in our team that's willing to push us and not just say, oh, you'll get better or that's normal. Like I, I, I have someone in my life that is not afraid to tell me straight up, like not afraid. I have friends in my life that will tell me what I want to hear. And I'm sure everybody does. But there's that one person in my life that will straight up call me out. Uh, and it's uncomfortable for me, I'll be honest. But without that, without that balance, I don't know where, I, honestly, where I'd be out at this point in life. So I appreciate that. And I know you do it too. Uh, maybe not to the point that this other individual does, but you do it. You do it on the show for laughs though, I think. Um, but you do it. 
as much as it, you say that it's uncomfortable, you are that person too. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I have to be right. I, I, I feel like if I don't tell you that you're fucking up and you're fucking up, um, then I, I'm not your, like, I mean, I guess I'm your friend, but I'm not your real friend. Right. Like, does that make sense? Yeah. A real friend will have those difficult conversations. And so as we talk about like the idea or concept of like having the opportunities to find the good in this job, it's going to come with some of the bad. And I think like continuing to find the good where you're, you know, returning that dog to the owner that the dog's been missing for three days or a month. Right. Or, uh, just a day and their child is completely just beside themselves because, you know, they, uh, they can't sleep. They're worried. I mean, I just had somebody literally run through my little courtyard and I'm like, who the fuck are you? I was like, what the fuck, what's going on here? And I went out there like, you, did you lose a dog? Like what's going on? And they're like, yeah. And they had like this little printed out color photo of it. I was like, here, I'll take a photo. Like, I get it. And so like finding that dog and returning it to that owner, you made their day. I had, <laughs> Oh, I forgot about this. I love these conversations because it brings up stuff. We had a dog. God, I wish I remember the, the whole case. We had a dog that went missing and it was missing for like maybe a day or two and found the dog was able to like connect it with the owner, which took a little skill, but the dog, the, like the parents of the owner came to pick up the dog and they were so happy they put the dog in the car. They close all their doors. And the dog hits the lock button. <laughs> and this was late. Like, I worked until 9 o'clock at night. And the dog hit the lock button, locked the keys in the vehicle. They they called whoever to come. And I, I stayed on scene. I stayed late. And we just chopped it up. We, we had good conversations. And I didn't do it. I'm You know, like, I don't do it because I want you to, to write a letter or I want you to tell my boss or any of those things. I do it because it's the right thing to do. I do it yeah. because I don't want to leave some couple stranded in the parking lot of an animal shelter after 9 p.m. Like, I'm not, no. Like, I'm here. We're here together. We're going to ride this thing out. We're going to get the doors back open. Um, it was just a great story. And I, I really wish I can remember. That, like, there was even a better part of the beginning of the story that it's all, all of it's lost because of that moment of like the dog locks the, the vehicle. And then like, we have this great conversation and hang out for like 30 minutes until the, the, we you know the car rescue team comes in and uh, opens the doors. But uh, like, so, so those good moments, those feel good moments, like that's, you got to focus on those. And remember when you're having a bad day, like you also have changed people's lives for the better. Yeah. That story kind of reminds me of a, it didn't quite start out pleasant. Um, we got a, I got a call from the Humane Society saying, hey, these people found this bird and they're refusing to bring it to us as a stray. Okay. So we have two state statutes, one that says all stray animals must be turned over to contracted facility. But then we also have the chattel or a statute that everybody will argue, oh, well, I have the right to keep the animal because it's chattel and I can keep it for a year. And okay. 
So they're very conflicting. <clears throat> I went over to the house and I knocked on the door and I said, Hey, said the bird's got to go with me. Mm. It's got to go to the humane society. Well, why? No, it doesn't blah, blah, blah. And I said, no, by this state statute, it does. Okay. And so I removed the bird that day and I took it to the humane society. And by the time I left the humane society and got back to my office, I had a call from their attorney and they were, they were going to pitch a fit except within 24 hours, the humane society had looked through their lost and founds and saw that five years prior Somebody had reported their bird missing. I was not there when the bird got picked up by the owner, but according to all of the staff, like the bird saw the owner come in and it just like went ballistic. Oh, wow. And like recognized them. Had I not done that, they would have never gotten their bird back. Never. No. And the needless to say, after um, I called the attorney and was like, yeah, the bird's owner picked it up. That was the last I heard wow. from them about it. That's so cool, though. Moments like that should and they should impact us for the rest of our lives. Right. Like those are just amazing. Instance, instance, incidents, that, In, instances that make our profession better. I'll, like. I had a friend of mine, not a friend of mine, that's the wrong word to use. Acquaintance? Um, yeah, say, use the word coincidence. And I don't like that word. I'm not a fan. Not a fan. I like synchronicity. So, take this back about six years ago. There's a just a, an outdoor cat in my neighborhood. I'm like, that's cool. That cat's cool. But it... We don't normally have outdoor cats. We just don't. And I was like, that's a cool looking cat. I was like, I'm going to bring home the microchip scanner for my truck after work and just see like what's going on. So sure enough, I bring the scanner home and the cat's hanging out by the house. Very friendly, feeding it, whatever. Scan it, beep, chip. Run the chip and you know, run, even off duty, I'm like, oh, this is Officer Daniel. <laughs> Because yep. you won't get answers otherwise. You ain't getting answers. <laughs> so I run the chip and it goes back to this rescue in Cleveland, Ohio. Mind you, I was living living in Denver, Colorado at the time. Okay. Cleveland. So I get a hold of the rescue and they're like, oh my God, the cat's been missing for like a week. The person who owned it was traveling from like Indiana to Utah or something like that. So they were going through Colorado. And they stopped at a restaurant there in Colorado and the cat got out of the car and it's been missing for a week. And then they, obviously they just took off and continued their trip. I mean, you're going to look for a little bit, but if you got to be somewhere, you got to be somewhere. like, I get right. it. Like you're not going to just post up in a hotel for the rest of your life trying to find your cat. Right. So the rescue's like, well, we reached out to the, the person who owned it and they don't want the cat, but we do, we want it back. So we're going to send somebody from Cleveland cleveland ohio to come pick up the cat lo and behold this guy flew out from cleveland 
the rescue group, her husband, I remember she's like, my husband makes shirts and they knew I was from Pittsburgh and probably like, I don't know, three months later, I get this package at work and it's a, a t-shirt of the Pittsburgh Steeler player, like taking a, a poop in a Cleveland Browns. <laughs> and they were like, thank you so much for getting this cat back. Like we don't do it for that. Like, but that's right. cool. That's cool that they said that we don't do it for that. We do it because it's the right thing to do. Like that cat picked, picked my house. Cause he knew, don't you think right. like it, people will be like, Oh, that's a coincidence. Or is it? Like, I challenge you. You can't prove it at one way or another. <laughs> right. It's synchronicity. Right. That cat went around the neighborhood. Now, maybe it went to like 6,500 other houses and I just happened to be the one with the stinger. <laughs> but maybe not. Maybe it was the first house it chose. It chose. It was like, oh, that's the dog catcher. I know that smell. Right. He brings that stank home to <laughs> what about uh What about wild animals? What's a fun memory for you with wild animals? Oh. I have had two different times with um, wild deer. One was a fawn. Okay. um, And one was a doe. And actually, so the doe got stuck between a building and then the chain link fence post. And she was stuck. And I had an officer out there with me. Let me tell you, there is some really fun body cam footage Mm. because the officer, um, we were trying to see if we could get her to back up and stuff. Well, he had taken his catch pole and he had his catch pole around her neck. Okay. And she eventually wiggled herself out and then tried taking off and almost took the officer with her. <laughs> yeah, I would not put a freaking catch pull on a freaking no. That's funny. That is funny. We had probably one of my favorite ones that I'm now allowed to talk about, which is great. I don't work there anymore. So shout out to my last agency. Uh, no love lost there. Is that, is that a good thing to say that? No love lost? I'm trying to say good things. No love lost. I, I actually yeah. really, I really appreciated it there. I really did. Different environment. Um, hard, hard when it comes to staying busy. It's, it's kind of boring. Uh, and I'm not trying to throw shots. I'm just trying to add perspective. We had this call. And I just happened to be in the south part of the, the county. And as a supervisor there, like, I wanted us to be able to do more. But we were kind of... Our hands were tied a little bit, a little bit. And I was like, well, why can't we go with Hayes Bears? Like, why does it have to be the deputies? Just because they have lethal? Like, if you know anything about bears, and I'm not talking about grizzly bears, just like dumbass brown bears or, whatever, <laughs> or black bears. Like, they, they're big raccoons, really, is all they are. Um, Sh- hold on. We need to uh, shout out to, um, oh, we just had him on the episode. Last week? No. Two weeks ago? Uh, no, Universe. We need to oh, shout out Universe. What up, Universe? <laughs> yeah, Universe. Don't don't run at the bear. Okay, go on, Dan. I, I don't know that story. But <laughs> so basically we – oh, yeah. Like so as the – I was like, you know what? Lead by example. So we're not currently hazing bears, but we should. 
And uh, ooh, look at that. Um, <laughs> I was like, we should. We should haze them. So there was a call that came in. I was in the south, and I just got on the air like, AC2, I'll take that. And no one's going to question it. That's my advice to anybody in this profession or anybody in the world. Act like you belong and you will belong. If you act like you're out of place, you will look out of place. Again, act like you will belong and you will belong. If you act like you're out of place, people will recognize that. Okay. So I was like, yeah, I got that. So I roll up and it's a juvenile bear, probably two, one or two. Um, cute as a button and it's in the trash it's just eating the trash it's like this is good there's some leftover oreo crumbs hey yo boo boo yeah i got a little bit of a bagel uh someone's leftover steak oh there's some pasta in here and an orange and uh so i get out of the truck and i'm like bear can you leave and he was like yeah sorry dude i didn't know i just trying to get some food i'm a bear i'm opportunistic and this opportunity was really good I'm like, cool, bear, go. And the bear's like looking at me. It's like, eh, okay, I'm out of here. And then, so back at my old, this is one of the reasons I love my old agency, because you can bring your dog with you in the truck. So Mooney, shout out to Mooney, the dog. He's in the truck. My dumbass left the front door open. <laughs> he hops from the back seat, straight out the door, and puts the bear in a tree. I was like, I was like, my guy, I was like, you just saved my life. Not really, but to him. <laughs> He saved my life. And so that's a memory that I'll have forever. And I kind of wasn't able to talk about it because I worked at that agency and, and my boss at the time wasn't really happy about that incident. And it was dumb. Like, I, I get it. Um, and I respected her and I still do. I still do. And so therefore, I didn't want to share that when I worked there. But now, no fucks given because I don't work there anymore. So uh, my dog treat a bear. How many of you can say that? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, plenty of squirrels. Not, not kidding, but kidding. Uh, so that just the, those, there's so many fun moments, but I think we are, we are humans are ingrained to focus on negative. And well, it's culture. It's not necessarily in our like nature. It's just culture. That's kind of how we operate. I would say it even goes as far as you know when they say um, one, it, one negative comment will like against, let's say, our podcast will actually result in a hundred. But then to try to build that back up to the positives, it's going to take a lot longer. And I think we just are more inclined to remember and think about the negatives mm. as, as a people. Actually, my friend did this recently on Facebook where she put a negative comment on Facebook and a positive and she got a lot more responses from from that negative. So I think it's just something that it's easier for us to remember. And I, I had put out on Facebook a question just said, Hey, does anybody else have a harder time remembering the positives? Um, and like somebody said is, you know what, write them down as they happen. And, and that's probably something we should all do. Even if it's not to just remember them like in the moment. Yeah. But on days when you're having bad days to oh, be yeah, able to go back and look yeah. back. I agree. So I, agree. Yeah. I think that's something I'm going to, I'm going to get myself a book and, and write those down. I, I think it's a brilliant idea. <clears throat> you can even use your phone in today's world, make some notes, you know, that type of stuff. I, I think 
all the above, uh, but just finding ways to memorialize your wins and when you're having bad days uh, is is really is really key, absolutely key. Well, I know all this talk. People are probably like, "So what's happening? Like they're having a reminiscing show about good stuff? Are they leaving? Like <laughs> is one of them going? So we ain't going no. nowhere. You're stuck with us, guys. We just we wanted to switch it up." We normally, you know, the recent trend has been let's interview some amazing guests, and we have. And thank you to all the guests that have taken time out of their day to, to be part of this program. But we, we just wanted to have something a little different. You know, we'll get back into the routine of, of bringing you training quality type of content. But at the same time, we wanted to just say, like, let's do something. Just, just the two of us. <laughs> we can make it if we try. I'm sorry, guys. You and I. Well. That's about it for the Keep It Humane Podcast Network Animal Control Report. Wow, that was hard to do. <laughs> I was to waiting to see if you were going to get it. Remember to check it out. <laughs> Keepithumane.com. Keepithumane.com forward slash podcast network. You'll find us, the Animal Control Report there. You'll find the Community Cats Podcast. You will find the Animal Welfare Junction. And, of course, you'll find Don't Fuck Up the Crime Scene. Uh, as of now, that's the four that we have. Be on the lookout for more. We're always trying to add new because it's important. Like we have to pick each other up, right? We have to big each other up. And so we're here to support you. We're here to support the work that you do. And we know everybody does a hard job. So we really appreciate you listening to this program and and just taking the time out to like, share, and rate. So if you haven't done that, if you haven't done that, like, share, and rate the podcast. And I'll send you something for free. Send you something at no cost. Just send me a DM. PM, DM. Show me I don't that know. you liked, you shared, and you rated the podcast, and I'll send you a free Happy Meal item. <laughs> Bishop, you got anything else? No. I think you said it. Okay, well, I have one last thing. Thank you for listening, <laughs> and keep it humane. Humane. Man. Man. <laughs> easier when you can see your faces. <laughs>